halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, this is Jenny Tear. Hi, this is Camilo Fantasia. Hi, this is Kim Gaynor, and welcome to Half Baked There, a half C episode of Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. Ooh. We are so in trouble with our listeners. Three in a row. More from us. Three in a row. But wait, okay. But how good was that intro? Oh, it was really good. Flawless. The problem is it's going to be downhill from there. I feel like I want to ask what you're selling. Like, I want to buy something from you. I'm selling whatever you will buy. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I am right yeah. now. La 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 Last week, when you weren't here, Jen, Kim and I, 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 I sort of did an apology to our listeners for for uh, having another half seat because it's been very busy this September. And it's true. It's been very, very busy. You're like, it's like you're doing, um, it's like you're doing, what is that when they, uh, polyamory with Kim and I, like we're different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like different households. We're like sister wives, but not. Yeah, exactly. We can't be in the same. We each have different nights, like big love. Like we have, we've scheduled nights with you. It's Um, very awkward to have both of you here at the same time at this point. I've gotten so used to just having my way with one at a time. I know we have to, we've got to navigate these dynamics. Uh, I Um, I. Jen, I, what do you I say we you get rid of Camilo? <laughs> I, I know. Wow, exactly. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. I haven't missed a single one of these. You are a true pinch hitter. But uh, when are you? Um, but you're going to be going on a a visit a vacances soon. I know. I know. Will I, be, will I be podcasting from Spain, or will, what's going to happen? Wait, where? Um, I didn't know about this. Oh, I, I've just been keeping it from you. Oops. Why? Sorry. Only, only the first wife gets to Awkward. know. I'm not happy about not being <laughs> kept in the loop or the uh, threesome. Um, nice so gym. you're visiting Barbados, right? I'm visiting. I'm I'm visiting Barcelona. Mm, that's not close enough. Why are um, you visiting me? How are I, we supposed to keep our love alive? Do you have cancer? Um. <laughs> Not that I know that takes priority. Oh, we can end the podcast there because (laughs) I say will sound trivial and So thanks. Speaking of cancer, I have a doctor's appointment. I check up. Oh, really? I give you full license. Like joke about it, Kim. By the way, I'm I'm sorry. By the way, I didn't know that. That's new information to me. Really? Yeah. About his dad. Yeah, you didn't tell. I mean, yes, new information. It's um, yeah, it's relatively new news, I guess. So, what 
is the prognosis? It's very, we know? it's very hard to tell, but he's ha he's under he's having treatment. It's only when I get there that I think I'm going to really fully get the full picture. Right. But um, he's still, you know, going to a studio and painting, so he's not like um, I don't know bedridden or anything. So his attitude is like, I'm 86. This is what happens to the human body. So that's probably a pretty good attitude. Yeah, except he could have started ha get, getting treatment several years ago and didn't want to. Right. So I, th I think that's a really interesting distinction between generations. I mean, it, my dad is far from your stereotype of a boomer, right? Yeah. He's, he's older than a boomer. I don't think so. I think no, he, yes, he is because he's older than my dad, and my dad is a silent generation. Okay, so maybe oh, maybe yeah. he's not a generation, but sort of even though he's an artist and open-minded and every respect and sort of anti-capitalism in many ways, he's also very stoic. You know, sort of a quality of that generation. I think it's just yeah, my dad was like that. Yeah. And um, so it's not surprising. It's not out of character. Yeah. Can I ask, um, does he smoke, drink, have typical no. European vices? No, not at all, actually. No. Wow. I think I, saw well, my parents, I think I saw my parents smoke like twice when I was a child. And it's just because like they bummed one from a guest or something. Speaking of smoking, I have to say. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take this conversation in a slightly different direction. Not that I don't love talking about dads and cancer, but um, the amount of people who young people who smoke on this campus is really surprising to me. Smoke, not vape, but smoke, smoke, cigarettes, hard huh. ones like Marlboro Reds. And I really feel like saying, I jokingly said to a couple of them, I'm like, you're going to look 60 in about five years. Ooh, damn. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, my mom died of lung cancer. I don't have really strong, I don't have warm feelings towards it. You know, did I don't you, think you get can, a response? They just kind of look, they sort of look at everybody with like, okay, boomer. <laughs> like, yeah, but I would have done the same thing. I, it, What's that? Part of being young, I would have done the same thing. I wasn't a smoker when I was in college, but or ever. But but I think I if somebody told me this is going to kill you when I was twenty years old, I, I, know. I remember I was. What do you mean you would have done the same thing? You didn't smoke when you were that. No, no, but what what I mean you mean is, in an alternate universe. What I mean is that for whatever, if if somebody admonished me at that age. I would have been like, okay, exactly. I would have been like, okay, old person. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I mean, they that. don't think I'm an old person. Okay. <laughs> um, I, no, they kind of do. I would have. I have a question for you guys then. Was there any advice that someone gave you when you were like a teen or in your 20s that you actually listened to and it changed your mm. behavior? Is there anything? What sticks out to me is how little advice I got about anything, to be quite honest, from my parents, from people in positions of authority. It didn't seem like a whole lot of people really gave a shit. I mean, looking in retrospect, I don't mean my parents. Um, 
of course they gave a shit, but you know, there were, despite being really strict in some aspects and religious and other aspects that were completely hands-off and never asked me questions, you know, it was kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. It was definitely um, pre-helicopter parent, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think you were yeah. kind of told what to do. Not, not that I had really authoritative parents, but I think in general, our generation was more told what to do if you were told anything at all. Mm-hmm. Like pulled aside and given advice. I don't know. I certainly not in, not in school. I, um, I, I just don't recall ever sort of, A, there's no, what's that called? The, the person who, who, gives you advice about college and stuff that you guys had guidance counselor yeah like we didn't have that even so yeah <laughs> nobody was giving advice about anything it's just do your goddamn homework I do yeah. recall now that I think of it something that you know definitely thematically was I'd, I'd like to say was a thing in my life much more then than it was now but I do remember a couple times in elementary school being held after class so I could get my bag organized and if each time it was such a traumatic event you know because it was just like um a bomb went off in my book bag and it would be like gum and it would be like all kinds of papers and all kinds of pens and all kinds of weird stuff from home and like half a sandwich and um, and so there would always be this big dramatic thing like, okay, Kimberly, we're going through all of your bag. And then it would be this sort of humiliating thing of like taking everything out, shaming me for it being a mess and then making it all neat. And then of course that would last, last for a day. And I mean, I would like to think that if I was a teacher, I would have handled that differently. Like, yeah. the reason I was like, that is, that's just how I was. I was a creative kid. I didn't like set rules and, and order was meant something different to me um, yeah. than most people. And so instead of like looking at that and saying, oh, this is a creative kid. Maybe we can chat, you know, channel this get her more organized, sure, but don't shame the fuck out of her just because she doesn't have everything, you know, in a neat little pencil cozy or whatever. Sounds like, sounds yeah. like a PSA agent search in reverse. Like, oh. Like you start, they, they shame you by opening up your suitcase and throwing everything out and making a huge mess. Yeah. And shame. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like that, but like this the sixth grade version i yeah i'm racking my brains to think about advice i know that there were a couple of teachers that were kinder and sort of more invested in how the students did i don't remember any specific advice i mean definitely i went to a catholic school so you definitely were not supposed to masturbate but i don't think <laughs> i don't think that was a, i don't think that was advice I'm sure you took that advice to heart uh Kenila. <laughs> <laughs> and I, have, I mean, I haven't ever. Okay. It was, um, Good. Keep it up. I have a question since this is a very free flowing uh, half Z. Do you think you can ever give advice? Like, do you think that I've really thought about this in like, like as a middle-aged person is like when people ask you for, especially like love advice or, 
Yeah. I think relationship. Do you think like you, I, I feel like I, as I've gotten older, I'm like much less, I'm much less willing to do it. Like I'm, I'm much more hesitant to kind of opine about anyone's life or anyone's relationship, or I find it really hard to actually get kind of advice on relationships. What about, I, I'm really curious. Cause I feel like that's something that I've changed in my, in my life. Like I'm, I'm much less. <laughs> I know. I feel like. Although it, I do it with the college kids all the time. I'm like, don't give a, f- a fuck with that. Exactly. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. With the kids, with the kids. I'm like, I'm like fucking Oprah. At them and oh like, my God. Oh, I'm like Oprah. Cigarettes. Yeah. You I'm like Dr. Exactly. I'm like fucking Dr. Phil on this campus. When I was in my twenties, I read a a novel and I, I cannot remember what it is. Maybe it's like E.M. Forster or I don't know, Henry James. And there's a quote that jumped out to me, which was all advice in love is useless. So actually I kind of took it to heart at the time. If somebody asks me for advice, I will provide it. But I realized, especially since given my crazy antics in my youth in that arena, I would not have taken advice from anyone. I'm sure I was given advice I think it's a good quote. And um, if someone asks me for advice in general, if I feel like I'm qualified to give advice, um, you know, I will sparingly. I do have a relationship with someone that I work with, not directly, but she's younger and um, she brings up a lot of like social like political interactions that happen at work. And I do feel that I have gained a lot of perspective on that kind of thing, just being a whole lot older than her. Because one thing that I find that uh, younger generations kind of forget about work is that it's not just about doing your job. You do have to massage these relationships. Yeah, There's... um, you know, you do have to manage relationships socially and politically. And if you don't, it's, it's curtains for you. And I've seen it happen a lot. And she comes to me and, you know, for instance, she was talking about the fact that everybody shoots the shit on the zoom calls and they're talking about, and they're wasting so much time. And she's just like cutting right to the chase. And I'm like, girl, you, you really gotta, you know, you gotta soften up a little bit. You gotta, you gotta get in there. And I know it's irritating because there's a lot to do, but you, you, you gotta be a person. You gotta let people see your personality. Yeah. I, I think it's little things like that because that has really been driven home to me <laughs> over the years. If I could just worry about my job and nothing else, wouldn't that be yeah. great? But that's just not the case. Right. And as, for, as far as love, like <laughs> as a person that has been had a ton of relationships and been wildly unsuccessful. I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to characterize it like that. I won't characterize it like that. Actually. I've had a ton of re- relationships. I've had a very successful variety of relationships. Can you put a number? Can you put a number on that please for our listeners? Uh, I don't know. What are we constituting? What constitutes a lot? 700. What? 700 long relationships. Yes. Yes. Kim is actually 8,000 years old. (laughs) 
listeners, little did you know. Little did you know. Um, um, so bullshit because the planet is only 6,200 years old. So I don't know what you're talking she, about. She contains multitudes. But okay, so after, so with all of that relationship, like, um, yeah, sometimes if someone asks me, if, yeah. if someone is doing something, and the thing is, we can all give advice about other people. I think that quote is great. Like I said, Camilo, it's so easy to look at somebody and be like, oh God, you've got to stop. Like this is a pattern yeah. or um, he's not invested or whatever, you know? Um, so I think sometimes it's helpful for a friend to say that to another person. It doesn't mean that you will be successful at making all those determinations for yourself because that is just how love is. But it does help sometimes to have someone else say, look, this is just how this looks from the outside. You asked me, you know? You asked me, that's, that's the thing you asked me, I think is- yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you have to, you have to implicitly get the like question and the desire from the other person, but just barreling it and offering advice. Yeah. I, yeah. not that I- Unless they're, unless they're 18 year olds that are smoking, you definitely need to get- Oh my God. Yeah. I mean- and inhale, you have to be close enough that you're basically smoking too. Yeah. I basically, <laughs> I, do, I basically prowl around this campus looking to give advice and anyone <laughs> look at me like just that like cross- <laughs> crossways if I even catch like one you know side of their eye I'm like hey <laughs> but, but you know it's Stop eating I was, cheese. I was stopping you. cheese never no, no, never no, I'm kidding like I, um, just anything I um I was telling you before we started recording that I met with an old well uh, old time not old she's not old she's our age college friend recently who was in town to perform her wonderful music and in our wide ranging conversation, we had a dinner the next night. I was talking a little bit about how we were talking about how we cope with our like kind of slightly chaotic lifestyle that we both have because she's a touring musician. I'm a designer who works from home. So gigs come and go, et cetera. And I'm like, therapy really helps. And she's the one who said, oh, tell me about therapy. Do you think therapy would help me or whatever ex person that I know? And that was a good example, I think, because then I said, said, well, from my experience, I think it would help, but this is entirely my experience, right? And I'll tell you why it helps me. Yeah. But at one point I'm like, look, I'm not a therapy evangelizer. Like <laughs> I have no stake in this, but you know, you asked me. You asked. You asked. That's yeah. the key phrase there. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of therapy, it's interesting because I know we've talked about this, like when you are with a therapist and they don't really offer much response, it's like, I've talked about where's this. Your, where's the fucking advice? <laughs> like, it's, it's, well, it's never, it's interesting because I, I don't know, it's not advice from, at least in my experience, you don't get advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not advice. Like I think m most therapists would say, well, that's not actually what I do. But then they yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is what I do. I don't actually understand the answer, but okay. But I've had this kind of, I've confrontation is a strong word, but had this discussion with my therapist. Like, I don't actually know what you're doing over there. <laughs> you know, like if I'm just talking and at some point 
I don't get any sort of feedback, like a meaningful sort of something back. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm confused as to what we're doing or by what mechanism this is helping me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I recently drove my therapist to say, well, I don't know what to tell you, Camilo, which was really funny to me because the issue at hand, I sort of had solved in my own head as I was talking through it. I sort of knew what the answer was and I'd said it, right? It's just kind of like, now I need to implement this change in behavior myself. So she's like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's, you know, because <laughs> she knows she can't make me change something. I have to do the work. Right. But when you ask your therapist, and I think, by the way, for the record, because she does, uh, she does listen in sometimes for the record. I think we came to a good understanding about this. Um, but when you ask your therapist, what do you think? Do you, don't you expect an answer? You, you can preface it with, of course, I know you can't tell me what to do, obviously, but you can give me an opinion. I've told you literally therapist more about myself than literally any other person on the planet. I'm going to need some feedback, some meaningful feedback about your opinion. Am I wrong? You guys really into your therapists. I'm the only person who doesn't, I'm not in therapy. No, but you should, but I was, no, you Mm -mm. absolutely should be. Absolutely. You can't tell her she should be. Did I ask for your advice? Here's some advice. Did I ask for your advice? Did she ask? You need to talk about this. This is, an, this is an intervention. Kim and I think you urgently need to start seeing not a psychiatrist. Oh my God. Check you, yourself. Now, check now. yourself. You were in LA a few days ago. Why don't you check yourself into like a posh? That's true. You should have gone to the I know. Promises. Promises. I wish <laughs> I would have had to rob something first, but um but you're right uh and i could say jen is away for a couple of weeks to work on herself i know (laughs) know what celebrities say (laughs) i know you know (laughs) what i love when celebrities obviously don't have substance abuse problems but they check themselves into rehab because of their awful behavior (laughs) yeah that's why i was saying you can go you can go to rehab for like almost anything yeah in in la at least yeah and in florida um home I, I, think as, I think as gen xers though we're like in an interesting place because i really had a lot of reluctance to engage in therapy i thought it would it was a sign of weakness and i think i don't know i think later generations just don't have that much of a stigma around it and of course i'm talking about urban urban elites in a way like i don't think this is happening in small towns that i'm aware of but but it, I had to come around. I mean, do you think though, at some point, like the uh, presumably the idea is that you do get better and you should move on, mm-hmm. right? Like apparently, yeah. I mean, although most therapists seem seem unlikely to do that because they need the financial. Not all. I mean, a lot of are sliding scale, but I I don't know. I mean, for I've me, never, I just, for I've never heard that from anybody. Actually, I think Jen. The way that you're phrasing that is kind of plays into the reason 
that some people don't want to go to therapy in the first place because it presupposes that you have something wrong with you that you need to work through. You know, you've, you've got a problem or an issue or you are the issue and then you'll fix it. I mean, life is the issue for me. Like at some point I might stop going to therapy, but I don't really think of it as once you fix everything, you're done. Right. There's always something. There's always relationships to negotiate. There's always life things. There's always things to manage. And I, I find it helpful to talk to somebody else. I might not do it forever, but I don't think it's a matter of like, should you be done? Should this be fixed by, by some point? You know what I mean? But I also think, I mean, to your point, Jen, some therapists, which I think includes mine, think that they're providing you a toolbox to deal with anything that comes at you in the future. And I think that's the goal of the type of therapy that I'm in. Like, like, but that's because of the type of issues that I'm dealing with. Um, Yes, listeners, I'm bonkers, even though you might not think so. Um, they think so. Okay, mm, yeah, awesome. No, don't worry about that, Camila. Okay, it's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be a, like a square, sane person, right? So, um, but let me see. You know, the idea, the idea is, my therapist is constantly trying to fire me. Basically, mm-hmm. she's like, I think you've gotten to a point where you are able to talk through your problems and sort of understand what you need to do like that was part of tied into what I said before she's she's always like I'm really happy to see you every two weeks if you want to but you know it seems like you've you're figuring things out so Camila why don't you let her let you go I think I'm close to it right I'm kind of used to uh, bouncing a couple of ideas and you know she wanted to know to know how I felt about my dad my dad's diagnosis I mentioned earlier and I said, I don't know, I'm not sure how I feel. I feel like I have to see him. And after I see him, maybe I'll be able to process it a little bit more. So I'm like, so let's let's continue <laughs> seeing each other for now until that happens. And then, and then um, see how that goes. Yeah. I went to therapy when my parents were dying and that was on the, the strong advice of, of Shantine, who was like, this is a really rough time. And it was sort of preceded by me drinking a beer a night. And he was like, I think that this is. Uh, one beer a night. That's yeah. like your. Come on, Jen. That was, a, that was, I swear to God. I promise you. He was like, I think he's like, because at the end of the month, that's 30 beers. And I was like, oh, that's true. And he's like, yeah, you're drinking to cope partly with the, your parents being very sick. Um, and I mean, it wasn't substantial, but for me, it was a lot. And, um, so anyway, I did go for that and I wonder how I would have dealt with their deaths if I hadn't gone to therapy, but then at the end, after both of them had died, um, uh, I noticed that I was missing appointments. Like I didn't want to go. Um, and I really liked the woman. We were like pals. She came to see me and stuff. Wait. Yeah, which was a little like you guys, have, you guys have got a brief fling. Yeah, exactly. No, no. It was an Airbnb weekend. Uh, we talked about my childhood. Um, <laughs> With and- some blessing. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, he look, was like, if, you need therapy sleep, thing. if you need to sleep with your therapist to get through. Yeah. He was like, it's really working out. So I, but I felt so guilty. Like I, it was like a break. I didn't want to, I was like ghosting her and not showing up. And then I finally fucking wrote an email, but I was a big P word about it. You fired her by text. I mean, I emailed, I felt yeah. really I posted no, like sex in the city. Exactly. <laughs> posted no. I'm, this isn't working for me anymore. I felt really bad. But they're used really to it. They, they deal with so much worse, I bet. I think I that's know. really common, Jen. Extremely common. I've, I've had this conversation with friends before um, about yeah. breaking up with a therapist. It is, it is, it's stressful. And a lot of times you, you feel like, friendly they're not your friends they're definitely not yeah. your friends but you feel like it's breaking up with yeah. your and yes. in the instant investment of time and your emotions and stuff and it's it's just really awkward so I think it's pretty normal and they're trained to deal with that and it's if, okay yeah. if you don't have a therapist and you're thinking about getting a therapist I would recommend finding one of better the- help Better.com, <laughs> um, prime podcast advertiser. We are, look, we talked about therapy for nearly 20 minutes. What else do you want from us? Give us your sponsorship. Yeah. I know I we say, need to put better help all over the description yeah. of this so we get some fucking ad dollars. Yeah. I, I would, you're absolutely right. I, I would. Think- I would recommend getting a therapist that is of the gender you are not attracted to, or if it's the gender that you are attracted to, that they not be hot, because this is a person that you are sharing so much with. Like, I feel that if my therapist would, was like physically attractive to me, it would be very awkward. Very, very yeah. awkward. But why? I mean, that is so extremely verboten, whether you are attracted yeah. to them or not. It just could never happen. The consequences for a therapist crossing a line or even like getting close to crossing that line are so extreme. They lose their license, you yeah. know, no, but it all happens. kinds of it repercussions. It happens in movies and television all the time. It so does not happen or... like that. No, 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 no. It's extremely verboten. No, no. What I mean is that it, it might create a barrier to you, you really sharing. I know what you mean because you're thinking in the back of your head because that you're going to get some because you're you're a man and that's kind of how it's, you're you're wired. And I get that. It's the it's the lizard brain. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's what you said before. Like you're telling them things that nobody else hears. Yeah. Not even your best friend sometimes. Yeah. So. I don't know. I was well, ready to be done with it. Uh, I, it. Yeah. She was really sweet. I remember I missed like two di- two weeks in a row and like we're in therapy and I'm pretending, I'm literally pretending like nothing's happened. And she's like, um, I think we should probably talk about the fact that you're uh, repeatedly missing sessions. <laughs> uh, do we have to? Anyway, it was, it was time for it to end. She was lovely. Um, I'm glad I did it. And maybe at some point I'll go back to it with better help. With better help. With better help, you can help yourself better. (laughs) I do think that that is unethical. 
like text well, messaging a therapist you think so i think it's better than nothing i have my i have my therapist email but and i yeah, never and use it i never use it except to to say i help it's 3 a.m and i can't sleep <laughs> God, I hope not. I can't stop thinking now. But it, this is like a therapist. None of them have met, right? So they, they, you just like text into an, um, a, a kind of void. I mean, for all I, we know, it could be like the OnlyFans thing where it's outsourced to like the Philippines. And no, no, no. I mean, it has to be a licensed therapist, I'm sure. And I, I don't know. I have not used that service. But I would imagine that you would be able to see their profile and see who they are just, you know, as you would when you are shopping for someone online. We only we only work with a licensed professional therapists who have your best interest at, at heart. Betterhelp.com. Help is on you the know way. What? You guys are right. BetterHelp is a great service. <laughs> right? Why are you talking us out of our endorsement, by the way? Yeah. On our- <laughs> oh, you guys, you know what? I just texted them and they really <laughs> helped me in this moment. <laughs> but I think That's the texting great. thing is part of the account, like the whole like 24 hour availability culture, which I thought Gen Z was like pushing back against. Come on, Gen Z. Well, everybody's quiet quitting, you guys. So quiet quitting, please um, fill me in on what this phenomenon is. Oh, the New York Times has done like 10 articles about it. Clearly a lot of people in their office are quiet quitting. It's where you just sort of subtly stop doing your job. That's not true. That's not what Okay, it is. what is it? It's you're doing your job from uh-huh. say, you're, say you're nine to fiver. You, you come, you do your job, you're competent, you're not married to the company so you're not like i'm going to go above and beyond you come in you do your job you go home and you do not answer texts calls from work you're done it's like i don't that doesn't sound where's the quitting part though what jim said sounds much more in line with that that's what i thought too but apparently that's not what it is because there's all these think pieces about like gen x invented that so right but what's the quitting part it's that you won't get exploited that's the definition of how they do their job yeah i know you're gonna need to break this down a little bit it's basically that you won't get it you won't do something that you're not compensated for so you won't go above and beyond you won't take on additional tasks which i think is fair i'm in favor of but i have noticed i think there's just a lot of legitimate like kind of quitting like i yeah. feel like the the workforce of the country is just completely burned out i think it um, is a misnomer kim it's it's a bit of a misnomer but it's it's and it there's a range of it it's like but i think the expectation of it like some of it is quitting but i think the expectation of it that has been for the past 10 20 15 years is that if you are not like the major go-getter you're not going to get a promotion so you did have to, and I have given so much more to my job than I should have to the detriment of my personal life in the past. Actually, the person that I was talking about um, who 
ask for advice. Uh, did she technically? I think she did. Um, and I gave it. That's one thing that she said. She said, I have worked, you know, my fingers to the bone. I've given blood, you know, given my blood to the detriment of my relationships. And I was basically like, who asked you to do that? <laughs> so if that's quiet quitting. I, I, I endorse that because I don't think that that's sustainable or healthy for anyone and no one's going to give you a cookie for like foregoing personal relationships you're just gonna be alone and unhappy and that's a choice you made Mm -hmm. yeah so so that's kind of yeah I don't know what's called quit it's just kind of like I quit being you know at at the beck and call of my job 24 7 I think that's like what the quit is quit being a try hard yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's definitely been a shift since the, since the pandemic. Actually, there was just an article too about how in New York City, it's very hard to find a place now to, that is open after 10 p.m. to eat in. I saw that. Everybody's doing a super special. <laughs> I think that's okay, actually. Like, I know that the whole city that never sleeps, but I've always thought, I found it like inhumane that kind of hours people had to work. Like, I actually kind of see it as a good sign, sort of. Well, I mean, in the restaurant industry, I don't don't know what they're doing to to then make up for the wages that that people lose because they're not working those shifts until there's like some kind of overhaul in that industry in particular, um, which I think it's badly in need of, then it, it probably means that those workers are getting the shaft, unfortunately. Yeah. But in in theory, yes, we shouldn't have to work these long hours, and we should have some balance. But in a city where the average rent for one bedroom is four thousand dollars a month, um, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that might not jive necessarily. Yeah, yeah. you I, I need to be working at three a.m. in the morning. Peel those potatoes. In a way, it must be for for people who have the same volume of um, of work, wait staff specifically, or kitchen staff. But the volume is coming in earlier. Maybe it's nice to be able to go home a little bit earlier at the end of the night. Yeah. Because what's yeah. happening is people are people who used to have dinner at eight in a restaurant are now having it at six, Kim. So you can't get a reservation at six p.m. anymore. In New York. It's like the Golden Corral the all issue. over Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the, oh, and the average rent, I have to say, I have to correct this because it's just appalling, is $5,058. The average um, rent in New York City. That really burn. You're living, um, you're living in the middle of it all. You got to pay up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Do you guys eat early or late? Are you early birders? I mean, you're you're a Spaniard, Camila, so you'll always eat at midnight. Yeah, uh, I, I eat at um, two in the morning, like when I get out of the club. Oh, sorry, when I'm getting ready to go to the club. <laughs> when you get out, I, of have the a, club. I have a quick bite before I go to the clubs. I can't even not laugh at that. Uh, like, the I didn't even, there wasn't even a moment where I was thinking, "Oh, really?" When you get out of the club, yeah. I just my whole body just starting to shake with laughter because it was funny. 
my whole body was starting to shut down with sleep. The idea of going to a club is like I, uh, I do I do not do what everybody nutritionists tell you to do, which is eat at a consistent time every day. Because if Jim and I go out, it is early bird special. Yeah. Because that acid reflux, we too late. Some people's yeah. acid reflux is going to act up. It's real. That Everybody, shit is real. You heard it here. This real <laughs> shit. You heard it here from Jen. Acid reflux. Also, they say real. it makes like if you're trying to lose weight, they do say like you should you shouldn't eat after like six. Yeah. Yeah, they say a lot of things. I I don't really I don't really follow the schedule. I guess I guess I'm what you would call an intuitive eater. I eat when I'm hungry. I don't care what time it is. I don't eat when I'm not hungry. Um. 2 a.m., 5 a.m., you know, sometimes I eat breakfast, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll have lunch and I'm not hungry for dinner and I don't eat that. I don't know. Works perfectly yeah. fine for me, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, hey, everybody, that's all it takes. If you're having trouble or want to lose weight, just do what Kim does. It's easy. I didn't say, God, I didn't say all just, of that. She just told you what's her <laughs> fucking problem. If I can, you why can, are you making me sound like <laughs> some like influencer bitch? That's like, you guys, all you have to do is eat intuitively. I mean, that's literally all you have to do. But like, I think there's some truth to it. I do. Like, maybe not. I mean, yeah. Isn't that like the whole like eat like a French woman sort of thing that was circulating a few years ago? Yeah, eat like a French It's, But I think it's interesting because there's a difference that sometimes is really hard to tell, Kim, between being hungry and just craving food. I, you know what I mean? Like it's... I don't have a lot of cravings. I feel like cravings are, are caused by like... But okay, now this is when I start to sound like an annoying influencer. Okay, but you asked. You asked for my advice. Oh, you didn't? Doesn't matter. Anyway, I th- I feel like cravings are caused by like bad stuff like and when I say bad stuff like stuff that's full of sugar is a is a main one like I mean who has like cravings for Brussels sprouts like I I actually do have cravings for healthy foods so mm-hmm. bad cravings that would be harmful are caused by stuff that you should probably minimize just my two cents I know unsolicited yeah. advice no it was solicited Okay. On topic. Well, this has been another like wayward and winding half baked there. We've covered a lot. Advice, intuitive eating, better help, better help, (laughs) a wonderful service. (laughs) Better help. Do you need better? Do you need therapy, but you just don't want to show your face to your therapist? Even You don't even have to show your ugly mug to your therapist. Mm -hmm. You can do just audio if you want. I mean, it's... Better help. It's It's a wonderful service. You can contact us, (laughs) executives at BetterHelp. The marketing department at BetterHelp can contact us at halfwaytherethepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, thank God she got it right. Get those coins. Um, our rates can be negotiated, but they are generous, probably compared to the podcast you are sponsoring now. Um, I, I, last week I pointed out to Kim after a conversation. I I don't remember what we were talking about, but 
that I'm glad this podcast is, is getting back to its educational roots because I think that's why yeah. why we started this. We oh, wanted yes. to we wanted our Gen X cohort to walk away from this podcast every week mm-hmm. with some life changing information. Just yeah, just a little bit smarter. Oh, right. We definitely provided it this week. <laughs> um, well. Well. Wow. Give us five Freudian stars, right? And some rate and review, please. I was, uh, I, this uh, friend of, a college friend was telling me how Patreon has really been a lifeline for her during COVID. Wow. And, um, you know, she felt very supported by her fans through that. We'll have her on, Celia. We need to have Farron. her on. Look up Celia Farron on, on online, YouTube, all the things. Hi, Cece. I knew her as Cece. Did you talk Ooh. about me at dinner? Oh, nonstop. <laughs> That's what I went to. All I mean, we barely covered any other topic. Good. I mean, <laughs> you're, you know how I told you I was I was talking to her about therapy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was like, Kim is so fucked in the head. Like, you don't even. Right. Yeah. Well, so. as long as you were talking about me. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. I know, it doesn't matter, right? What you say. But, but so anyway, uh, to reinforce the point that any of us could lose our jobs at any moment and a robust patreon could could really help us um, weather the storm weather like the storm. our robust patreon yes how, that's, how that's, that that's what i mean hopefully yeah. soon to be robust patreon so you can find um, us there at halfway there the podcast and on all the things and all the things five all stars, the things all the platforms stars, all things all black well not all um also, listeners, we're going to have a, a speaking of robust, we're going to have a robust fall season, aren't we? We are planning. We are planning. We are oh, dreaming. Mm-hmm. Dreaming. We're it's going to get all Gen Xy up in here. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. We're going to get celebrity guests. Uh-huh. Are we? Are we? Okay. I don't uh, know. Maybe. <laughs> I'm trying. We um, have a lot in the works. Define, yeah, define celebrity. If it's like celebrities like RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race, mm-hmm. where don't even know who three quarters of them were to start with, then maybe, yeah, that kind of celebrities. All right, Jen's yawning. Sorry, I was thinking about <laughs> celebrities. Um. <laughs> so that's, our, that's our cue. Yeah. <laughs> to say, keep it perky. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. This was a half-baked there. A half-seas episode of Halfway There. Use it to scare off a bear. Or don't. Like, we don't care. 